Welcome to the Impactful Stylist Podcast, where we focus on mindset and social media marketing for hairstylists. I was a stylist who worked for 17 years behind the chair and decided I was completely burnt out with what I was doing. I went from cutting bobs and pixies and specializing in dimensional color to completely transforming my business into extension-based services. So this, as you can probably imagine, was night and day. And not only that, I had to completely start over again, rebuilding my clientele. And my whole purpose of The Impactful Stylist is to show you how you can totally do this you can build the clientele that you want. You can pivot your business. You can do whatever you want to do. It all comes down to your mindset and your strategy behind that. And that's what we're here to talk about. So this episode is going a little bit off topic for us. Normally over here in these parts, we focus on mindset and social media marketing but I've had a lot of people ask me about my salon and so I really want to I wanted to talk more about the benefits of converting a house into a salon but I also want to preface that I understand that this is not the path for everyone I understand if you're listening to this and you are in a season of life where you're like, I don't even know if I want to continue in this career. I don't know, you know, with the economy the the way that it is right now. Um, I don't want for this episode to be seen as like, well, sure, everybody needs to just go out right now and buy a house and convert it into a salon. I'm someone who has a firm understanding and has walked very many different journeys, <laughs> different, I had different, many different seasons in my career throughout the span of my career. So I don't want you to feel as though I'm telling you to go and do this. Only you can decide if it's the right fit for you and if it's the right time in your life or if it's for you at all. But I think it's nice to know that sometimes there are other avenues out there of salon ownership. So that was that's the whole point of this episode is to really present this as a possibility. So I hope you take a listen. I hope you I hope it helps you if you are someone who's considering being a salon owner in the future. And if you have questions, please reach out to me. I would love to chat with you guys. So I hope you enjoy. What is up, everybody? And welcome to the Impactful Stylist Podcast. Today, I'm coming to you unfiltered. Like, I've got no makeup on today if you are watching the video podcast. Um, But around here, we kind of do things on the fly. Sometimes that means no makeup on. So... (laughs) I got my hair done yesterday, though, so I've got that going on for me. Still looking pretty fresh, but that's not what I'm here to talk about today. Um, I'm taking kind of like a detour from like 
what we usually talk about with like within mindset, business marketing, that kind of thing. And this is still kind of business talk a little bit, but I've had a lot of people reach out recently. Um, I've been a little MIA from the podcast over the last few weeks um, because we've actually been moving salons. So a lot of people who have kind of followed along or follow the salon page and different things like that um, have kind of been messaging and they're like, this is really cool. Um, I'm really intrigued. Like, you know, how do you, first of all, a few people have said, why would you choose to purchase a salon? Like, why would you choose to purchase a house and then convert it into Oops. Okay. Sorry about that. I should have turned on airplane mode because I got interrupted by a phone call. So anyways, a few people were like, why would you even want to turn a house into a salon? Um, and I have a few different reasons for that. Um, and I'm going to go over all of the reasons today and just kind of like a framework for if that's something you're interested in, what are kind of like some of the steps to take to get the ball rolling on that? Um, so for me personally, um, for years, I was an independent contractor and rented a spot in a salon. And over time, I just kind of got to where I thought to myself, and spoke a lot about, or, you know, me and my husband talked about this a whole lot. And, excuse me, I thought, why wouldn't I take this money that I pay in my rental or booth rent, if you want to use that term, um, and apply it to an actual property that I own? Um, and sometimes people are like, that's crazy. Like, that would be way too much money. Um, and I feel like there are ways to figure things out. Um, sometimes I feel like you have to be open to really kind of putting pen to paper and figuring out exactly how much it would cost. Like, how much would that cost? Of course, you're paying for utilities as well. Um, but at that time, my actual mortgage wasn't really that much more than booth rent for every month. And then you factor in utilities. Yes, that was only maybe another couple hundred dollars. And at that time, I thought I could take on an extra person, you know, booth rental, and they could help to over, you know, offset those costs. And there you have it. So and why would someone want to do that? So for me, um, the way I saw it was, it was kind of like I was paying booth rent and ultimately that was going, you know, to the salon owner to pay, you know, their overhead costs. Um, and for me, I thought I would rather pay it towards something that is going to like benefit me in the long run. Um, and, you know, I figured if I have a property that I'm paying for, like a, a house that is converted into a salon, I'm paying off, you know, this asset and, you know, gaining equity in this rather than just having that money go elsewhere. And so this is definitely a long game 
you know, plan. It's not something that you're going to just, you know, purchase the place and then just like have this equity in the home typically already. Um, so it's one of those things that you have to kind of think about and plan. Um, and I want to preface all of this by saying, like, I'm not telling everyone that this is what you have to do. The, I'm just sharing this because it's fairly, you don't hear about it as much. Um, I know there are some salons in my area personally that they have done this. Um, and I think it's a really cool option because sometimes it's not realistic for everyone to like lease retail space or something like that. Um, I would definitely, if you're considering doing something like this, I would definitely talk to your accountant, um, you know, kind of weigh the pros and cons of whether you want to lease a space, if you want to own a salon, or do you want to take this route? Um, it's a little bit more unconventional. And, you know, because of that, you know, you will in some ways, sometimes people are like, you're going to do what? You know, and they're like, they, not everyone, I will say within, within our industry, I feel like we're very good at visualizing. We're very good at a lot of the time designing, decorating, you know, just all these different things. And that's the fun part. But, you know, sometimes people think we're crazy. Like whenever it comes to, you know, I've had plenty of people that were like, what? Like they just couldn't wrap their mind around there's a, you're going to put a salon like in a house. Like, are you going to live there? And I'm like, no, like it's a salon. Like there are, you know, shampoo chairs in there. There are, I mean, like there's all the things that we would have in a salon in a house that is like now a business. So sometimes people just like literally cannot wrap their mind around it until they see it. And they're like, okay. Um, but it just, for me, it just made more financial sense. And, you know, I think that's why I think I really wanted to talk about that because, you know, a lot of the time you have to do what's going to work best for you, whatever that looks like. And I'm not saying like all everybody needs to go out and do this right now. Like everyone's in different spaces in their life. Maybe this is not something you would be that would be realistic for you. But if you are someone who has toyed with the idea of being a salon owner um, in whatever capacity, um, this is something to consider, you know, and look into. And um, so, you know, one thing people will say, like, I don't even know where to start. And for me, like that looked like, okay, I've got to get my finances in order. I need to talk to some lenders, have them look over my information, you know, like, is there, can they give me any recommendations of maybe, you know, what could I do to boost my credit score up more? Um, what can I do? How much of a down payment can I plan on having different things like that? Um, and there's so many, like, and I'm going to be the first person to tell you I'm not the person to ask about lending and all that. Like, that's not my specialty. Like, I am a salon owner. I do hair. Um, there are 
so many different ways to do that, that, you know, you can get kind of creative with it. It just depends. Like, are you going to have someone like invest like a private investor? Do you want to, you know, do you have some money of your own to invest? Um, there's so many different ways to do that. Um, for me personally, that meant, um, for my first salon, I actually took out money out of my Roth IRA and, um, I'd started my Roth when I was about mm, 24, maybe 25. And so I'd consistently put money in there and luckily had enough money in there for the down payment. And, um, and I'm going to be real with you. Like when I opened my first salon, I mean, we were, we were scraping, you know, any money together that we could, but we knew that it was going to pay off in the end. And it did. Um, so I think sometimes when you're in it, like you're in it, you're in the thick of it, it can feel a little overwhelming and you're like, oh my gosh, how am I going to do this? And I think you can figure it out like a lot of the time. And sometimes things are not going to be financially feasible. And you do really have to have a clear head about working out the numbers, figuring out, is this something that my business can support? Um, I knew that once I was in there, my business could easily support that. Like I could work there literally by myself and my business could cover everything, you know, and still allow me, you know, a living. So that was really important to me. Um, and somebody might say, well, you know, cause that was, I opened my first salon nine years ago. And so somebody might say, well, you know, the prices of houses were different then. Yes, they were. Um, but still, it was still a lot for me. Like <laughs> it was still like, oh my gosh. Um, and, you know, maybe it's a situation where you, um, you know, if you are considering becoming a salon owner um, or you are a salon owner and you're like, I want to get into, you know, something more like that. Like, what could that look like for you? Like, I just, I, the more I feel like you can open up your mind to it and start to research different ways that this, you could make this happen. Like, um, you know, don't be afraid again to talk to lenders and see like, how could this work? What could this look like? Um, you know, and figure out if that is going to work for you or if it's not. Um, I'm not someone who takes no for an answer really easily. Like, you know, somebody might say no, and then another person might say yes. So like, don't be afraid to keep pushing and keep researching and kind of doing your own research and then talking to lenders and different people and figuring that out. Um, I think a lot of people get really discouraged at that point and I get it. It does, it is a pain in the ass to try to get all of the stuff together to submit to lenders to get pre-approved and stuff like that. It does feel like a project, um, but to me, it's totally worth it. And you know, they're actually super helpful a lot of the time. Um, they will try to get anything they can do to make it happen. They want to make it happen for you. Um, so, 
I would, you know, don't discount that and get your financial ducks in a row and do your research and stuff like that on that end. Um, another thing that I did, but I really enjoy doing this is like looking at real estate online, you know, to me, like <laughs> scoping out Zillow was like my other part-time job. And it, but it, again, it's something I really enjoy doing. Um, if I'm not careful, I can like be on Zillow and stuff like that for like hours, just looking at real estate. Um, but I feel like just to kind of get a feel for like how much, you know, what you're looking for, what could work, you know, and that is something that um, I really got a little bit more. Um, what's the word I'm looking for? Open minded as far as even where I was looking, because initially I was looking in the city I lived um, but really at that time, there wasn't really for me a lot that was working or that could work because it was, you know, naturally you're going to have to have parking, you know, are you in an area where, you know, clearly you can't open a salon typically in a neighborhood, a little neighborhood that has like an HOA and like, you know, just like all that stuff. But there are plenty of neighborhoods that are not, you know, maybe they have some mixed use, like there's some residential, some commercial properties, stuff like that. And that's kind of what you want to look for. Um, don't be trying to move into these like communities, like gated communities and stuff like that and like open a salon. Like that's just not going to work. Um, zoning isn't going to usually go for that. Um, or at least that's my experience. Um, you know, maybe there's an exception somewhere in the United States. Um, but in my area, that's usually not how it's going to work. Um, so you definitely want to check it into that, check that out, look around everywhere, figure out for me, I was looking for a place that either had parking, um, like on street parking and plenty of it, or somewhere I could put a parking area, um, like is the backyard big enough to where the driveway could extend into the backyard and do like a parking area. I had that built into my costs, you know, how much we were going to need to do and things like that. Um, also get comfortable, like talking to like find a real estate attorney because you want to have a pretty good idea if because you will have to go through zoning um, in your town, your city, wherever. Um, I did that fairly early into purchasing. I think I was in the midst of purchasing the property, the first salon, um, when I was talking to my real estate attorney. And I actually, just the way it was all working out, I was going to have to make a decision of whether I was purchasing this property before I knew whether it could be zoned or not. And um, that was a little nerve wracking, but you know, I was pretty, pretty confident. Um, you know, there were two commercial properties across the street from that place, from that house. And I felt like it was on a busy road, you know, just, I felt pretty confident that the zoning would go okay. Um, 
sometimes you can, um, and I, I recommend having a real estate attorney, like uh, you can file a lot of the things yourself, but to be completely honest, when I went to go do that um, with the zoning board, a lot of the documentation that I had to fill out and submit, a lot of it didn't make sense to me. It was in all of that legal jargon, mumbo jumbo, and like, I just didn't want to mess anything up. Um, so to me, it was completely worth every penny to hire a real estate attorney to kind of get that sorted out for you. Um, and you might be listening to this and thinking, oh my gosh, like this is just too much work and this isn't something that I have time for. Um, maybe it's not. I mean, maybe it's not the right time and or maybe it is just too much work. There are a lot of people who are like, I would just rather lease a space because I don't wanna fool with all that stuff on the front end. And I completely understand that. Um, it is not, you know, it is a lot of work. Um, <laughs> but again, for me, it was worth it. Like I am happy, like I have no regrets that I did any of it. Um, especially when you are kind of like finding the right people to kind of help you with some of the stuff that don't make sense and things like that. Don't be afraid to even talk to your zoning board and your town or your city and ask them, you know, what am I looking at? Like, what do I need to think about? Like, this is what I'm thinking about doing. Um, what are some things I should keep in mind? Like as far as zoning and, things like that. Like, don't be afraid to talk to some of those people. Um, nine years ago in my town, um, there were like, a, there was a person that was in the zoning department that was not very helpful at all. And in fact, seemed like the opposite of helpful. Um, <laughs> that person is no longer there anymore. But like, at that time, it felt soul crushing. Like anytime I had to like submit documents or do anything like that, I had to deal with this person. And like, they were not um, very open-minded to the fact, like open to what I was doing. Um, the town that I'm in is not, um, there aren't a, a whole ton of small businesses in that town. Like the other two towns that are like next to mine, there are a lot of small businesses. Um, but where my salon is at, in particular, there aren't as many. So keep that in mind. Sometimes if you are in a town where they just don't have as many small businesses, you don't have that going on. Like sometimes the people in zoning and not necessarily always the one, like the person that I had to deal with wasn't ultimately who made the decisions. Like it was just the person I had to talk to, um, to submit things and stuff like that. And that person I think felt like maybe they, I don't know. I have no idea, but she's not there anymore. So that doesn't matter. All I'm trying to say is like, don't let anyone get you down, you know, just like keep moving forward, try to problem solve. You have to be kind of like, um, pretty open to, a, not taking, always taking no for an answer, like don't do that. Um, B, be pretty quick on your feet as far as like solving issues or kind of like problem solving, like, you know, trying to see what you can do. Um, if they say you can't do this, well, then what can you do? Can you do that? 
you know, and just don't be afraid to like do that. Um, because that's what you have to do, honestly. I mean, it's, it's not all just easy peasy. Um, I can tell you the first time around, it was extremely stressful to me to get this kind of stuff to do it. Um, there were a million nervous breakdowns. <laughs> like there were a lot of things that happened that, um, you know, kind of starting from scratch like that, it was a lot. Um, and, you know, the second time around, you know, doing the same thing in a different location, um, I was extremely lucky this time around because um, my, the property I purchased unbeknownst to me, like, and the owner of the property didn't even know that like it was actually zoned commercial. And we didn't know that until I actually, we were getting into, you know, all the underwriting and all of that kind of stuff. Um, and they were like, you know, this, com this property is actually zoned commercial. So your loan, loan that you're going to use isn't actually going to work with that. You have to get a different type of, you have to get a commercial loan. Um, and initially, because we were so close to just being done, you know, and, and closing on the property and stuff like that. And that meant essentially I had to start all over and find a new loan and stuff like that and shop around. And that was just really discouraging. But um, in the long run, it worked better for me because it was a commercial property already. Um, kind of a fluke thing. Um, but then that meant I get I got to sidestep all of the zoning stuff as far as having a hearing about rezoning it. And, you know, there's just a lot you have to do with that normally. Um, and it takes, you know, usually a couple months at least. Um, so those are things to think about. But I got luckily, you know, that sped up the process of us actually getting in there a little bit faster. So that was really good. Um, I think you have to be really open-minded again, coming back to like being like pretty flexible on maybe like, where is the location going to be? You know, there were some places that I had fallen in love with and thought, oh, this is great. It's a beautiful property, you know, this, that, and the other, but maybe the location wasn't that great. You know, maybe it wasn't in a good neighborhood or, you know, they are doing a lot of work on one of the bridges that we actually live pretty close to. Um, our salon is at like kind of the border of Indiana and Kentucky. We are five minutes outside of Louisville, Kentucky. A lot of our clients come from Louisville to get their hair done um, and beyond Louisville. Like we have people who come from all over the place, but I would say a good majority of our clients actually come from Louisville. So we have three bridges and there's one bridge that is, I feel like they're always working on it. Half the time it's closed, it's shut down. You can't even use it. And it's like on the other end. And so I wanted to make sure I didn't actually get property in that location because it would have been a lot harder for our clients to get to us. And it just... And that area of town, they're doing a lot of construction and there's just a lot of traffic everywhere. 
So I just thought I want to avoid that area at all costs, even though there are some great places. Like there were some awesome places, but sometimes I would run into parking. Like parking was another factor to consider. And, you know, you have to consider all of these things. And granted, you're not going to find something that is just absolutely perfect. But I will say like being patient and holding out and not giving up, like I was able to find things that were pretty damn near close to perfect. So um, I think you have to really be, it can be very frustrating as you're looking around. Um, You also have to gauge, you know, how handy are you? Um, I'm not very handy. My husband works a lot. He doesn't have time to mess with all that stuff. Um, And so for me, I wanted a property that maybe has been a flip already. Maybe somebody has already fixed it up with both properties that I had purchased. um, That was the case. There was very little um, work that needed to be done, you know, other than me coming in, putting in new lighting fixtures, um, shampoo stations, you know, all the things you need for a salon. Um, so to me, that is what made the most sense. And you might be in a different position where you have people in your life who are like super handy. They don't care like to help you out or do whatever. Um, and you know, maybe you can actually find a place that is like, you know, you need to renovate it completely. And maybe that makes sense um, to, to buy something that needs like a lot of TLC for like a super cheap price and just work on it over time and get it ready. Um, for me, like ideally, I would have loved to have done that. Um, but again, it just wasn't going to be realistic for us and our lifestyles. So um I think that's another thing to consider is like, what is going to work best for you? Like what, you know, it would have been way stressful for us and taken way too long for us to buy like something that needs to be completely rehabbed. Um, But you can also, you know, when, if you play your cards right, you can also just hire contractors to do that as well. Um, And that's what we did like this time around for a lot of our electrical work that needed to be done and stuff like that. Like um, first salon, we were doing a lot of DIY um, and stuff like that. I mean, not with our electrical or plumbing, but, um, you know, there was just a lot, you know, this new salon needed a lot more. Like it's definitely twice this twice the space. Like it needed a lot more with a lot of things. So, um, I was pretty comfortable and knowing that it would need that. Um, you have to really take into account and research how much some of that stuff is going to be, get quotes, um, and that kind of stuff. And it's one of those things I think, you know, if you're listening to this, you might be like, oh my gosh, this sounds completely exhausting. Um, I don't know what it is, but for me, I, I'm just really intrigued by all of it. I think, you know, like I've always just been intrigued by real estate, um, fixing things up and just doing stuff like that. Um, you would <laughs> real talk. You would never notice like buy my own house because 
<laughs> this place gets neglected and I'm working on that. Okay. So, but as far as like the salon and stuff like that, I do love to like, you know, fix it up, fix places up and stuff like that. So I think it's really neat. Um, none of this felt at times it would feel overwhelming to me, but there was just this inner desire to like, you know, keep digging in and like finding solutions and figuring stuff out. Um, so I, you know how it is once you are kind of in the flow with something and you're just really invested and that's, you know, how I've been, you know, and this time around, because I've already done this once and kind of knew what to expect, it was a little easier the second time around. Um, you know, there are always things to do, like even with your state board, um, with your state itself, with your town, like there's different inspections that have to be done of the building. Um, there are certain things that you can do. Um, I have to look into this, but I know in Indiana, if you file a certain way, um, it's interesting. You can actually, it can save you thousands and thousands of dollars just by filing a certain document a certain way. It's wild, but I'm thankful that I learned that like the first time around. And so I was able to do that this time. So that's fabulous. Um, but, and I mean, like, I'm thinking of even like putting a little mini course together on this because it's a lot of information. Um, I, you know, I'm considering it because it is, like I said, it's a lot. And like a, a podcast doesn't go over everything. <laughs> so, but, um, you know, I'm thinking of doing that because there are, I think it's really important as hairstylists for us to know areas that we can build wealth in our life. Um, and one of those things is, you know, real estate. So, you know, having maybe owning your spot and, you know, owning your property that you have your salon in and being able to do that. And, you know, it, it's only going to increase in value over time. And so what would, what does that look like for your retirement? Like, what does that look like eventually one day, maybe you could sell your salon, like your business in general, like scale it to that extent. And that's the beauty of this is you never know like what you're going to do or want to do later on in your life. But by doing this, oftentimes you're only setting yourself up for success because you have property that you can sell. And, um, you know, that's something to think about. It's something to consider. I'm again, I'm not saying, go out and do this right now, everybody, like a blanket statement, like that's not it at all. Um, you know, you have to do this as, if only you can decide if this is right for you or not. Um, and like, even when I started, when I first like opened my salon nine years ago, it today, it looks very different. Like my, my business structure is not even the same as it was nine years ago. Um, you know, at first, nine years ago, I was just buying this space because I wanted to build equity in something. Like I wanted to put my money into something um, rather than just paying rent. 
And, you know, that's as far as I could see at that time. And I thought, I'll just have another renter. I'll be good to go. And then over time, I could just kind of felt like I'm ready to mentor people. Um, but once that mentorship is done, then what? Where do they go? So I wanted to have employees and I wanted to have, you know, I really felt a calling to have other stylists, like commission stylists working and stuff like that. And so I kind of switched over to a little bit more of a commission structure um, as my business evolved. And I mean, we're growing. And so eventually nine years down the road, here we are and needed a bigger space. Now I did start looking, I would say I started looking around December, maybe November of last year. Um, Cause honestly, I was very, um, you know, not really thinking about it. You know, I was kind of like, oh no, it's fine. We're good where we're at. But, you know, the more, you know, I started thinking about wanting to grow my business and bring in more stylists in and things like that. I thought, you know, we need a bigger space. So <laughs> we, I like to have space while I'm working. We all know how, how it sucks if you are working somewhere and you're packed in like sardines and I never want anyone to feel that way. So that was a definitely a big motivator and finding a new space and stuff like that. Um, but, you know, I was really, you know, it's very sentimental. Like that was my first baby and um, it's been such a happy place. And that was another motivator of having my own spot, you know, having my own space is just being able to create the atmosphere that I wanted for my clients and, having, I mean, I always call it our little happy hair haven. And that's what it is. You know, people are like, I really, you know, enjoy. We have people, I have clients who are like, I just want to come and just hang out and do my work on my laptop and just kind of be there. Like, <laughs> and like, now we could probably totally accommodate that. But, you know, I, and that is the atmosphere that I was going for. And, um, you know, I, I feel really thankful and very grateful that I got that experience. And, um, you know, this is just another interest of mine, you know, is just, you know, some of the real estate stuff. And, you know, I just think that maybe that's not talked about enough in the hair industry is, you know, different ways that you can not only build wealth, but, you know, different things that you may be interested in that, you know, aren't all consuming with hair. And so I just wanted to kind of bring some awareness around this being a possibility, you know, um, and you might live in an area where you're like, absolutely not. The cost of living here is really high. I could never imagine doing that. Um, but does it make sense to look outside of the area that you live? Like, you know, only you can answer that. Like, you know, it's for me, it was kind of like where I started looking eventually is not where I ended up. And um, but still like a really good centrally located area for clients and stuff like that. And now we're kind of in a really niche market. Um 
where we like offer hair extensions and dimensional color. Those are the two things we really um, focus on. And we do have people who come from all over the place. So it's not just, you know, just local people. Um, but when I first opened, it wasn't like that. I didn't have, you know, that my clientele was not from far away. They were from pretty close and, and from the Louisville area, like my clients who drove the far farthest at that time, maybe 20, 25 minutes. Um, we have a lot more people now who drive farther than that. Um, but my point being like, you kind of, you have an idea of your clientele and like where they're from, where are they coming from? What's the drive like? Um, stuff like that. And maybe you poll some of your clients. Maybe you say like, what is, you know, I want your honest opinion. Like what's the farthest you would drive? Or, you know, if you really want to know, just ask people, they'll tell you totally. Um, so I hope you got a lot of value from this episode. If you are considering this, definitely check it out. Um, I hope, you know, this kind of gave you a little bit of a framework of how to get started and different things like that, um, because this can be a possibility for you. Um, I, and even if it's not a possibility right now, it's never too early to start to plan and think about it for the future. So I can't wait to see some of the really cool things that you guys do. Um, if you do plan to do this, tag me in any of your like posts, because I always love to see other people's progress, like when they are doing anything like this. So tag me, hit me up. Um, but anyways, you guys go and build your impactful life and I will see you around. If you're a hairstylist who specializes in certain hair services and you're trying to build a clientele of your dream clients who really take you seriously, you need to check out findyourhairstylist.com. What makes it so special is that stylists can apply for findyourhairstylist.com to be listed on the directory which is essentially the website is a matchmaking site to match you with your dream clients. What makes this so unique is you actually apply and you are vetted by five different hairstylists, kind of like a panel of judges, so to speak, who put their seal of approval on you and your work. For a limited time, it is free of charge to hairstylists, so you want to jump on this, guys. Make sure you go to findyourhairstylist.com to check it out.